We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and I'm joined today by the one I wonder, Mike Wazowski Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? I can live with that one. I've heard way that worse. One. So, you know, <laughs> I can live with that one. Um, but man, life is good. We have a real fun one for you. I know we talked about there's not that much news going through Pacer Nation right now. So we're going to bring the news to you in the name of Andrew Nemhart making his setting the pace debut. How about that, Alex? That was pretty awesome. I think Andrew Nemhart's a really fun guy to talk to, real laid back, real chill. And I think he's going to be a good player for this Pacers team. And so don't want to give too much away because we talked about a lot in this conversation. About 25 minutes here of Andrew just kind of answering our questions and doing some rapid fire like we always do at the end. I think we got some fun ones there. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad he agreed with me a little bit towards the end on something me and Fachi disagreed on uh, before we headed into the interview. Debatable, but we're going to let the listeners determine that for themselves. So we had a fun time. There was a couple laughs in there, but we also got to really learn a lot more about, you know, Andrew's game, which was really the most exciting thing for me, because I'm going to be honest, he really wasn't on my radar coming into the draft. But right after that, that's when I really tried to dive into Nemhard highlights, loved what I saw in Summer League, and now I'm more excited about him than ever before. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be a good piece of this team, and it's really interesting just to hear these guys talk and kind of get a feel for them as people and potentially as players, how they kind of see the game. And I think 
you know, we always try to make it pretty basic conversation. We don't get too in-depth with it. But, you know, eventually when we get these guys back on again, maybe we'll start asking them about certain plays and, and how they break things down and stuff like that. But, you know, we wanted this to be a chance for you guys to get to know our first pick in the second round, Andrew Nimmard, because obviously high-profile college player, like you talked about, Fachi, played in Florida, played at Gonzaga, um, really good teams, and, and played for some really great coaches as well. So I, I think it's just exciting, though, to know that we've got a guy the Pacers are really excited about and someone that they gave a really nice contract to as well um, to, to kind of be that third-string point guard or potentially, you know, the second-string point guard or shooting guard or whatever, because I think – you're going to hear more about how he views himself as a player and how he can fit into this team. Also, and this man is happy to be a Pacer. Talked about it a couple of times. Everything was meant to work out the way it did. And it seems like he is enjoying his time in Indiana. He's enjoying his teammates. And man, what's better than having a guy that wants to be here and wants to win here? Absolutely. So enough with the teases. Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will have our interview with Andrew Nimhart ready for you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, everybody, we now welcome on the 31st overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft and one of the newest additions to our very own Indiana Pacers, Andrew Nemhart. Andrew, what's going on? What's up? What's up? Appreciate y'all having me. Absolutely. We're thrilled to have you on. Glad we can make it work. But, you know, Andrew, I want to start from the beginning of your time with the Pacers, maybe. I want to say you were scheduled for two Pacer workouts. I think only one of them ended up happening. Not sure what happened. Maybe you could provide some uh, clarity on the other one, but it was evident they liked what they saw early on. Can you take us a little bit through the background of your draft process as well as your Pacer workout in specific? Mm -hmm. um, the draft process, I was in uh, L.A. kind of just for a month before it all started, just working out, trying to get my game right um, before the combine and before, like, meeting with teams and going to work out for teams. So I did that for a little while. Um and after after that, we went to the combine. Um, I had a I had a good showing at the combine, that I think um, kind of helped me in this draft process a lot. Um, and then after that, I, I think I had thirteen or fourteen scheduled workouts, and I ended up doing them. And and what you were saying earlier with the first workout with the Pacers, uh, my flight got canceled on my way there, and I missed the I missed the first time trying to do it. So we rescheduled, and I got one of my last workouts was the Pacers right before the draft. So. Yeah, so it was interesting because 
your range was kind of all over the place in terms of like where people thought you could get drafted. I think the highest I heard was around like 25. And, you know, we had on a, a draft guy come on and say that you were in the 25 to 35 range. So, um, you know, going 31st to Indiana, what did that mean to you? And how do you feel like you fit in with this young team that's going to, uh, through a rebuild? Yeah, I think um, I fit in really well. I think that um, going through the process, what you're saying, like it was a big range for me. So I was kind of like not really knowing exactly where I was going. I thought getting close to the draft was going to be like 20s or 30s. Um, and I honestly didn't initially think I was going to go to the Pacers. I thought I was going to go a little bit earlier. Um, but I ended up going to the Pacers, man. I think it's looking at, in hindsight, I think it's one of the, one of the best fits for me um, with the young squad that we got. And um just how I fit in on the roster and how they value, like, kind of the type of player I am. You know, in terms of the value, I think that was pretty evident because we talk about you going 31st overall. Andrew, shout out to your agent. He gets you a, the largest guarantee ever for a second-round pick out of college, and he paid more than 18 to 30. So it shows the Pacers really do value you. But also, what has been maybe, you know, some of the players that you bonded with early on? Who was kind of the guy that welcomed you to the team? Mm -hmm. Um, a bunch of guys welcomed me, like O'Shea Brissett. I'm, I'm, I know him from when I was a little bit younger from Toronto, so he welcomed me. Tyrese hit me up on draft night. Um, TJ hit me up. So a bunch of those dudes hit me up and tried to welcome me. Um, Chris was really welcoming when I was playing with him throughout the summer league and just trying to give me pointers on the court and just trying to push my game forward a little bit. Um, so, yeah. I'm kind of curious because we really haven't seen the Pacers kind of go all out in terms of – you know, laying out the red carpet for our rookies whenever they've been drafted. It's kind of been just, you know, bring them into the gym and do a press conference and that's kind of it. But they did the whole shebang for you guys. So can you kind of walk me through what you guys did on the day you arrived in Indianapolis and maybe some of the things you saw and how that overall day was for you? Yeah, that was super cool experience. Um, right when we got the plane, we went, to, we got picked up in this like uh, race car. Um, went like drove up to the facility, everybody was cheering everything. Um, did the press conference, met everybody in the facility and like all the new people. Um, and then after that, we went to the, the racetrack down the street, which is, um, I'm, I think it's a pretty big thing in Indy, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. And, um, uh, yeah, that was cool. We got to hop in the cars and like go with one of the racers. Um, but it was a good day. We just kind of met everybody in the, like in the organization and just tried to kind of create those initial conversations. So you're coming from some winning programs. We got first two years at Florida and then also over at Gonzaga where you played in a national championship. You're coming over to the Pacers where expectations are, hey, this is going to be a bit of a rebuild. The team is young. I mean, what's your mindset like going into you know this, this season where, hey, in the win column, it could be tough, but I mean, there's something special brewing here over in Indiana. Definitely, like you said, um, I've been playing with a lot of winning teams, a lot of winning players around, a lot of winning coaches, and I just know how that feels. And I think that's the biggest thing I can bring to this team and help in any way I can is just bringing another player who knows how to win, who understands what it takes every day, the, the consistency it takes every day, um, the type of mindset. And I think that's the biggest thing I can bring to this team in terms of in terms of that and winning. And I think when it comes to the Pacers right now with with the roster we got and how young we are, I think it's going to be a process. I think it's going to be uh, – we're, we're going to try to look to keep proving slowly and slowly and, and come together as the season goes on. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about is, you know, what uh, what is your role going to be on this team next year? I'm not sure if the Pacers or the coaching staff has kind of talked with you about maybe your role going into the season because obviously there's, you know, some good point guards there already. Um, 
are you strictly a point guard? Do you think you can play some of the two guard, that kind of stuff? So maybe some of the goals that they've talked to you about and maybe some of the roles they've talked to you about as well. Yeah, I think um, just the way the game's moving and like the way the game is being played on the offensive side of the ball, I think that um, my ability to play on and off the ball will be, will be huge. And I think um, that's something I've been doing my whole life, um, contrary to what a lot of people think. Um, so I think that's something I'll be doing, playing one and two, backing up guards, um, coming in, trying to guard um, multiple positions. Um, that's where I think I can bring impact and also just being in there, not turning over the rock, making plays, um, kind of connecting the group um, in that way. I'm very excited to see pretty much everything you just discussed right now. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton, he, yes, he's the talk of the town right now. But what a lot of us want to know, one of the most popular fan questions about this interview was, can you talk about maybe the fit with you and Tyrese Halliburton? I know you guys haven't really gotten a suit up together, like, for instance, Summer League or an NBA game yet. But talk about maybe, you know, your fit with Tyrese. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually just got a hoop and some runs. I'm coming from some runs right now. We're just hooping together, so. It's our first time on the court together. That was cool. Um, I think the biggest thing with us is we can both read the game, make plays to score for ourselves as well as make plays for others. I think we're both big for our positions, so we can guard ones and twos and possibly threes. So I think our fit is is very easy in that in that way. I think we can um, play off of each other, um, read and react to each other, um, just make each other better. Now, I'm curious about your time in Summer League. Obviously, the Pacers played pretty well in that five-game stretch there. But I'm curious, you know, playing with a guy that was brought in in the middle of Summer League because of the trade, Aaron Neesmith. This is a guy Pacer fans are still not super familiar with, obviously, because he's a new addition, similar to yourself. But um, playing with him, what was that like? And, you know, adjusting to adding a player in the middle of the Summer League, what was that like for you as well? Yeah, that was cool because um, me and Aaron actually played against each other um, in the SEC when he was at Vandy. I was at Florida, so we played a couple of times against each other. Kind of, we're a little familiar with each other, and um, I knew how how good of a shooter he was. So it was um, it was fun playing with him. And um, I think our it was kind of tough for him to kind of just go get plugged in like that. But I think with a little more experience, more time, um, he's gonna be a good piece. Yeah, we talked about playing with Aaron Eastmith, but what about you know two other rookies that you will always be linked with, and that's Benedict Matherin and Kendall Brown. This, this Pacer draft class, I think, is the most exciting class that, that Pacer fans have been a part of. Because typically, you know, in years past, picks were a little bit later on. Maybe it was just one rookie. We have three really promising rookies. Can you take us through a little bit about what it was like playing with Matherin and Kendall Brown in Summer League? Yeah, um, Ben was uh, Ben's someone who is from Canada, so I played with him a couple of times in the, in the past. And um, it's fun. It's fun playing with him. It's fun playing with him. He's super athletic. Get out. Um, can really get to the rack. He's strong, aggressive, um, confident player too. So easy and fun to play with him. Same with Kendall. Um, he's super athletic, kind of just fits in. He's one of those guys you don't have to really run plays for. He just kind of kind of picks it up on the fly and just kind of impacts winning. Um, so he was a really fun guy to play with too. And I think we're just going to grow together and, and enjoy, enjoy being in that rookie class together. Yeah, I mean, we were we were excited to, to see Kendall come to the Pacers at 48. Didn't think we'd get a chance to get him, but trading up to get that pick, I thought it was a huge move for the Pacers because I believe in Kendall's upside, and I'm sure you do as well, just seeing it on the floor. He's a very talented player, but I, I want to c- kind of go back to you here a little bit. Talk to, me, talk, to, uh, talk to me a little bit about draft night. How was that for you? And 
Um, how anxious were you just waiting for your name to get called? Because we did talk about that range earlier. I'm just curious, you know, was it a lot of anxiety or were you pretty cool with what how it went down? Yeah, um, I was pretty cool with how it went down, honestly. Um, I was back in Toronto with my family. Um, we just kind of went to a restaurant, had dinner, watched it, watched it together. Um, as it was getting late into the 20s, I was kind of getting a little anxious, but um, <laughs> was just kind of ready to find, find out where I was going and then what it would be. So it was a, it was a fun night. Obviously, it's a real experience, like something I could barely even process that night. You know, first, my first question is basically, who haven't you played with or against? Because, man, the, the names that you rattled off between O'Shea, Mathery, you know, Kendall Bratt, Neesmith, it was just like, it felt like at one point you played against everybody. So I love the familiarity you already have. But basically, taking it back to just your game, you know, maybe if Pacer fans haven't gotten to see you, you know, enough, uh, tell us about what we can expect from your game moving forward. Yeah, I think you can expect – like a highly competitive dude who wants to win, who's whose main focus is that. And I, I just it's 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 evident how I play the game. I think um a guy who's gonna be able to just make plays and continue to improve. I think I'm someone who gets in the gym and I wanna keep taking steps in my game. I can see that I can see the kind of improvements I need to make um, going forward. One thing I'm curious about is we had we had Tyrese Halliburton on earlier this year in the offseason and I asked him what his season goals were for this upcoming year and uh, he said he wants to be a 20 and 10 guy. I'm curious, have you wrote down any of the goals you have for this upcoming season? And if you have, what are they? Yeah, personal goals, I haven't wrote any down, no, because um, I just don't really know what to expect, honestly. Um, <laughs> just, trying to, just, trying to, just trying to help the team in any way I can, you know, like I really don't want to put too many expectations on it this year. Um, I just want to go with, with, the, with, the, with the mindset to work and, and, and try to help in any way I can. Obviously, the Pacers have big plans for you when, you know, they, they take you at 31 and obviously the guarantee that they provided. However, you know, early on, if seeing the court is a bit tough, I mean, how do you view the G League? Because some people view it as you know, an opportunity to flourish. Others might view it as, as a, an unfortunate demotion when that is not the case. But if it meant more playing time and being able to get full run with the Mad Ants, you know, how would you view the G League? Yeah, I see that as a, just a great opportunity, like you're saying. It's, it's a way to develop, a way to get more reps, have the ball in your hand a little bit more, um, maybe put in a little bit more actions than you usually are. So I agree with what you're saying. I think it's a great, great place for guys to develop. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it before on our podcast. We uh, we did a little season goals, and we've been going through the different positions, and we talked about the point guards last week, and we brought you up, and I said, I wouldn't be upset if you got 10 to 15 games down there just to – get some consistent run. And I think that'd be good for you to develop with some of the guys that are in the G league as well, you know, uh, depending on where they end up being on the roster. You know, we saw like Terry Taylor, Dwayne Washington, those kind of guys, Gabe York, even from the G league last year, jump up and have a good role with the Pacers. O'Shea just two years ago. So I, I definitely think it'd be a great opportunity, you know, depending on what you're, you know, what you're looking like rotation wise, because like we talked about, it is a pretty guard heavy team. So um, overall though, I mean, if you're, trying to compare yourself to somebody maybe you looked up to in the NBA. What is a, what do you, who do you model your game after a little bit? That's a tough one for me. I feel like I don't really model after one guy. I feel like I just have always taken bits and pieces of a lot of guys game. Like CP was someone growing up, one of my favorite point guards. Um, James Harden is a guy I love watching growing up. Um, right now, a guy I can see myself doing similar things like Ty Jones. 
yeah. I'm going to be honest. When you said Tyus Jones, man, that, that assist to turnover ratio, you got me excited. Okay. I know you talked about protecting the rock, but it is such an underrated part of someone's game to value. And I, I, I looked at some of your assist to turnover ratio at Gonzaga, and it's, it's, it's really good. So I like that. If Pacer fans can expect that, we got a lot to look forward to. But also talking about Gonzaga, you know, you made that transfer. After two years at Florida, you transfer over to Gonzaga. Take us through that experience because, like we mentioned, you end up playing under Mark Few. You end up playing in a national championship. You end up playing, you know, with Chet Holmgren. So there, there's a lot over there of just some big-time games, big-time basketball going on. Can you take us through uh, that process of transferring? Yeah, the pro- I think that was one of the best decisions I made. Um, I just wanted a kind of uh, a different kind of fit for me um, personally. And I think uh, Gonzaga was just – it was amazing for me. It gave me a little kind of time to reset and, and, and not put too much pressure on myself. Um, I think it also – um, it was just somebody just a team where the stuff we did, I just fit in really well with a lot of reading react stuff, a lot of that playing transition fast. Um, so I think I just fit in really well. I got a quick follow up. Uh, you know, Chet ends up going number two. Chet's got a high, high ceiling, but he's also got a lot of doubters over there. Can you tell us what we can expect for, from Chet's game? Because he's something that potentially we haven't seen before. Yeah. I think you can expect Chet to come out every night and be super confident and compete hard. That's he loves the game and he loves to win. He loves to do stuff like that. And I think um, people just got to be patient with him and his body. He's going to take a little bit of time to adjust to this level. Um, we've never had problems with that in the past. So I think um, people should be more optimistic about him. All right. Talk to me about your jersey number that you picked with the Pacers. Is there any significance to that number? Yeah, it's kind of like the first number I got in high school. It was not really too much significance, but I mean, John Wall, Kyrie, two good, like really good guards. I used to like a lot, like especially John Wall is my favorite guard growing up. So, kind of got him. Got oh, the two him. Darren Collison, you know, number two for the Pacers. Darren Collison, I do know that for sure. <laughs> Two-time Pacer right there, so that number two stands out. But also, what's been your early, you know, conversations, relationship, anything of the sort with Rick Carlisle? Obviously, the relationship between a point guard and a coach, something that is beyond important how's the early relationship going I think it's been well I think um him being a coach he has a has a good like perspective of how it is from a, from a player's view and I think um our relationship is only gonna only gonna grow as time as time comes comes along you know he wasn't really coaching our team in the summer but was around um I think as as the season goes on we'll, we'll continue to create that good relationship yeah, that's that's going to be key because I, I think there's been people that I've talked to that said, oh, Nimhard's a Carlisle guy. And I don't really know what that means, but is there any kind of way you can define that? Like you're a Carlisle guy. Do you know what that means? I don't. I never heard that, but <laughs> I think he values uh, – I think he values the way I read the game and how um, – like the poise and feel I play with. I think that's what, he, uh, what people are talking about when he says that. And one thing that's never going to show up on the box score was I felt like your command of the offense in summer league. You didn't need to be scoring 15 points or dishing out 10 assists for me to be like, now that's a point guard right over there. Do you feel that your command of the offense is something that maybe you've had for a while or is one of your best traits that you bring to the table? Definitely. Definitely. I think I've always been an organizer and a, a guy who can get guys in spots on the, on the offensive end. Um, 
And I think I, I know the game at a pretty high level. And I, it's, it's kind of my job on the court to kind of get guys in the right spots and, and tell them what I'm thinking and what I'm seeing out there. So definitely. I want to go back a little bit now to the interview process you have with teams when you're going through the, the draft process as well. Are there any teams that like ask any outlandish questions? And if there are, can you share any of those questions with us? Yeah, there are some teams that just ask like, what animal would you be? Or like, what like food you'd be or something like that? And like, I'm just- How do you um, answer I'm sitting that? there thinking like, what's the right answer? Like there's no right answer or wrong answer to that, but- I can't imagine someone being like, mm, like zebra. Yeah, we're gonna pass on him. You know, <laughs> so, so, I mean, that's I such a thing you hear about. Say, was there, uh, was there maybe any any type of like, um, you know, time? Was there? A t- I don't, you don't have to share this, but was there maybe a team that you felt that you were a lock for? Sometimes we hear guys get promises, and you know, you don't have to share the team. But did you get any of those type of promises from any team that maybe didn't back up the promise? Yeah, um, I'm definitely not gonna say the team, but yeah, I feel like a couple, like a couple of teams were pretty interested. Um, almost, almost felt like a guarantee, but not really. Um, but yeah, that's that's no, nor here, nor there. I'm I'm super happy to have landed with the Pacers, and that's what my focus is on. It was meant to be. Yeah, and I I got one more real quick one here for you. In terms of like you playing out there with Tyrese getting some run, and are there any other NBA players out there with you guys? And if so, who are they? Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of a lot of NBA dudes. Um, the Toronto Raptors basically whole squad is here. Um, Pascal and all those dudes. Um, the Clippers brought a little like group of five UCLA's teams in there. Um, a bunch of other NBA guys. I'm trying to think. Oh, Trey Trey Young was there today. Okay. Um, yeah. So smooth. Now, if, what would you say is the biggest improvement you've made this offseason compared to the Andrew Nembhard that we saw in college? What what aspect of your game has taken the biggest jump forward? Mm-hmm. I think um, I think my scoring ability is taking a jump this summer, um, as well as just my like continuing to like get my pace and kind of like how just like learning the nuances of the NBA game compared to the compared to the college game, how they run more drop coverages, more switches. So kind of just those ball screen, kind of like um, how we're attacking the ball screen, basically, whether it's drop coverage or switch. Those are the main things I've been focusing on this summer and taking the leap with. Looking forward to it. So, I mean, that, that's that's definitely going to be something I have my eye on. Now, we always love to kind of end uh, these interviews with a little bit of rapid fire. So first yeah. thought that comes into your mind don't overthink it we had lance stevenson do this i swear he took five minutes for every question <laughs> defeated the whole rapid fire purpose so uh, starting with question number one uh nba player that you admired most growing up kd all right all right best sports movie of all time sandlot go-to musical artist to get you pumped up before a game gonna all right. What's your favorite type of food, like style of food? Jamaican. Jamaican. Funniest teammate during summer league. Teammate during summer league. Dwayne Washington. <laughs> We've heard that qu- quite a bit. We've had him on. He, he's definitely funny. How tough was that whenever he got waived when you guys were in the middle of summer league? That was tough. Uh, just because, I mean, he was one of those, one of the, like, kind of like Chris, kind of like helped me kind of get acclimated a little bit. And he was a, like real good dude just to have around and everything, you know. Uh, I was disappointed with something like that. 
Yeah, I mean, we're happy that he got picked up by the Suns, obviously. You know, wish it could have been here still. Great dude, but uh, glad he got picked up. All right, back to the rapid fire. Um, if you could have any actor in the world portray you in a movie, what would it, who would it be and why? Will Smith. Uh, I've just been loving Will Smith for a long time. I watched <laughs> Valera all the time when I was younger. So I, got I, I think you had that answer ready. You might have thought about this before. I love me some Will Smith, so I, I can't knock that one bit. Your go-to team to play with in 2K, what do you got? Uh, let's go Nets right now. Yeah, KD, I kind of figured that. Um, okay, who is an underrated player from your 2022 draft class that you think will have a breakout rookie season this year? Underrated player from our draft class? Uh -huh. Oh, the whole draft class. The whole uh, draft class, yeah. Underrated player. Uh, Don Barlow. I, I was going to say, it sounds like you played against everybody at one point, so you had to, <laughs> you had to have someone, so I'll keep my eyes on that. Uh, so toughest defensive matchup that you had in college with a player? Uh, any year? Yeah. Say Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. He'll do that to you. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be fun to guard in the NBA, too. Um, uh, my last one here for you is if you weren't an NBA player, what profession would you have pursued? I would have been a soccer player. Soccer player. Sorry. I love it. I love it. So, Andrew, as we wrap up, I mean, tell us a little bit of, you know, what we can expect from the Pacers this year, you know, as well as uh, yourself. Just, just night in, night out. What do we got? I think you're going to – Night and night out, you're going to find a fun group. Like, this year, a lot of energy. Um, young dudes that are trying to just kind of bring this bring this team back to where it's supposed to be and, and just go hard every day and know, understand that we're going to be learning and we're going to be – it's going to be a process, but um, we're, going to, we're going to put our everything into it. Sounds great. And I, I have to ask you real quick because I made up the rapid-fire questions for me and my co-host, and he took one of them out. I was going to ask you what your top three cereals were. And he said, who likes cereal? I said, bro, you're an old man. Everybody likes cereal. So first of all, do you like cereal? And secondly, do you have a top three? I like cereal. I don't, I don't really eat it too much, honestly. But I go to cereal. I, don't I said, eat I, yeah, I ate cereal, cereal too when I was 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go Frosted Flakes, Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Thank you. She has a great bad. question. See, it would have been awesome. Sorry, I like to have fun with Stu. Not always, not always serious, man. I just got to keep it chill. Alex still eats cereal every day, so don't worry about him. But Andrew, really appreciate you coming on. Really, you know, feel like we all learned a lot more about your game, and we will be rooting for you. So tell everybody where they could find you out on social media. Yes, sir. Um, follow me at Andrew.Nemhard IG, um, Andrew Nemhard on Twitter. Appreciate Are we going to be expecting any, like, you know, YouTube blogging this year of your rookie season, anything like that? Nah, I'm going to – Hanging with O'Shea, you might. Uh, yeah, low-key, I might hop into his, but <laughs> not my own, though. I'm uh, not big on social media, low-key. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, awesome. That's, I'm sure the Pacers like that. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> All right, right, brother. Well, thank you. All right, fellas. Appreciate, Appreciate you guys. You. All right, Fachi. There it is, Andrew Nemhart interview. We got it done. It was a great time. And um, I'm curious, Fachi, what are your top three cereals? Man, I know you've been waiting for this. Uh, I would say Cheerios. I grew up on Cheerios, then Lucky Charms. And then to be honest, I never really, there was never someone else in the Raisin run. Brand? 
No raisin bran. I guess I'd have to say Fruit Loops because I used to love some sugar back then. So Fruit Loops felt like they were just, you know, the sugar was just melting away by, by the second. So I guess Cheerios, Lucky Charms, Fruit Loops. Magic Mike would like Lucky Charms, wouldn't he? He would. And man, <laughs> those marshmallows, that, that whole thing it was just candy. It was just candy. There was no yeah. real cereal in there, but that, that, that was my top three. Okay. It's tough for me because I like a lot of them. Um, and it's funny because you're like, Alex eats cereal every day. Actually, I hardly ever eat cereal because I don't have time for it. I never even have time for breakfast. I'm on the go all the time. Um, but if I do have cereal, I'm a big frosted mini wheats kind of guy. Um, I do enjoy that. I like that little bit of fiber. I like the, uh, I like the way those shredded mini wheats are. I also really like Captain Crunch. Now, a lot of people say they like the peanut butter one. I think it's okay. But ever since I had COVID, peanut butter tastes different to me. Ooh, so man. I've kind of had to divert from that. I actually like the crunch berries the best out of all of the Captain Crunches. So not oops, all berries, but a little bit of berries mixed with a little bit of the original Captain Crunch. I like that mixture together. And then for my third one, man, I'm going to have to go with Apple Jacks. I think Apple Jacks are really good, Fachi. I like the apple and the cinnamon there. And, um, you know, it's one of those ones that kind of came upon me later because uh, I didn't really eat it a lot growing up. I was a cinnamon toast crunch kind of guy, but you know, here we are talking cereal um, at the here end of the episode. Are, I'm curious. I'm curious if our listeners, because you said to ask the listener, you want them to hear, uh, we want to hear their opinion. So number one, listeners, do you like cereal? And secondly, what are your top three cereals? Because Fachi said, who eats cereal after they're 10 years old? Come on, man. I mean, yeah, you know, Alex, simple guy, throw him a little fiber, a little bit of berries, a little bit of Apple Jacks. I mean, the way you dissected everything, it seemed like, ah, the little things in life. But you know what? I'm more, <laughs> but throw me some eggs, some ham, you know, I'm making a breakfast wrong with sandwich, maybe a protein shake. That's kind of how I'm going about rather than a whole bunch of sugar in a bowl. But at the same point, <laughs> hey. Whatever makes you guys happy makes me happy. Well, there's a reason why I have an extra chin and you don't. So, <laughs> you know, I said it. You didn't have to say it. I mean, uh, you like the healthy stuff and I like the sugar. So, uh, but no, I think overall, just a great conversation with Andrew Nimhart. It was really cool, really relaxed guy, really enjoyed all of his answers. And I'm excited to see him, you know, in whatever role he wants to be in. I thought the most important thing, I think it was a great question that you asked him go into the G League. What would that be like for him? And he fully embraced the idea of playing in the G League. I thought that was awesome to hear from him. I love that because we've talked about it at times. It's probably going to be the thing that benefits him the most. Being able to not have a short leash, being able to play more than, you know, say four or five minutes at a time, really being able to let your game flourish, uh, I think is going to be the best opportunity that Nemhard can have early on because it's going to be going from college to, you know, playing against grown men where it's going to be tough to make that jump just from college to the NBA. Yes, some people can do it, but, you know, not not everybody can do it off the bat. So I, I think that giving him whatever it is, you talked about 15 games, however many it is, I think it's going to be viewed as beneficial rather than a punishment where the guys that view it that way, I'm sorry, but it probably just does not work out for those guys. Yeah, I think he views it as a chance to grow mm -hmm. instead of a punishment. And I think some guys view it as a punishment when they get sent to the G League. And I'm sure that him being a second-round pick does make it a little bit easier for him to understand, like, hey, I maybe have to go down here a little bit and develop. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to fit in well at this team. Seems like he knows a lot of the players already from previously playing with them. I know you kept making Everybody. jokes. I know you kept making jokes about that, but... <laughs> 
You know, it's like, uh, you know, four-year college players, you, you kind of get that, though. You forget about, like, man, he's a rookie to us, but he's played in the league with these guys for a while, and he played against them in college. Like, I totally spaced that he played against Neesmith, you know? Yeah. But it was cool to hear all that, and I thought that was just nice to get that kind of perspective from him. Also, it made me feel like such an old-timer, but, you know, the basketball that they're playing in Canada right now is so strong that every single player that had ties to playing in Canada – it felt like, you know, uh, Nemhard knew between yeah. O'Shea, Benedict Matherin. There, there, there was a couple other guys that it's just like, man, like the, the, the talent coming out of Canada is strong these days. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool, man. So um, we've talked for a while, though. I think everybody got what they needed to hear, though, because Andrew was a great listen. So, Fachi, let's go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace 3. You could find us, you can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenMBA. You could find me on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You could find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. If you're not watching this on YouTube, make sure you go to YouTube.com, subscribe to our channel, let us know how much you love the interviews and the show, leave us a nice uh, comment in the video that you're watching, but setting the pace at Pacers Podcast on YouTube, and if you're excited that Andrew Nimhard is going to be a part of the Pacers future, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.